Hello and welcome to the Evolution Exchange USA podcast, where we're bringing together some of the best technical leaders to talk about their industry passions and challenges that they're facing. I'm Austin Roden from Evolution Recruitment Solutions, and I help connect businesses with some of the best data engineering contract talent out there. And today I'm going to be your host. Today, I am joined by Anitha Krishnamurthy, and we're going to be talking about mentorship and time management, it really just some things to keep in mind whenever you're working with subordinates. Anitha, thank you so much for joining us on The Exchange. Tell us about yourself. Hey, Austin. Good morning. Thanks for having me here, and it's a pleasure to be here. And uh, I'm Anita Kushtamurthy. I'm a director of engineering at American Express. I've been with American Express for about seven years now. Uh, I did my schooling back in India and started my career as a software engineer uh, right after uh, finishing my uh, bachelor's in engineering. And uh, I started my work as a Java engineer, coding, starting coding in GDK 1.2. I don't know how many of you remember that version by now. And uh, worked my way up. I worked as engineer there for a few years and then moved to uh, United States um, 15 years ago uh, on, on a deputation to work. Uh, I've done consulting with a lot of financial companies, uh, mainly as a backend engineer, and uh, joined Amex seven years back and joined as a senior engineer and uh, built bunch of bunch of APIs and you know all the services and anything that is on the uh, backend systems and expanded my knowledge. And uh, I got promoted into a senior engineering manager a couple of years ago and then into an engineering director. I've been in director for two years now. And uh, doing both people leadership, it's like a technical leadership kind of role where I get to, uh, in my day-to-day work, I get to do engineering, designs, and also do the people leadership part, which I now doing it right now. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so what was it that attracted you to tech? I guess it's in the family. We have we are like three engineers in the family. My father is uh, an engineer and... It's very funny to say that when I was in the school, he wouldn't care what grade I get in science. Even if I get like an, you know, an above average, he would just sign my mark sheet right away. But if I score like two points less in math, he would like drill down to the bits. He would buy like two math books. So he would have one copy. I'll have one copy. So math has been in the family for a while. And then doing math back in India, the courses that we get that's aligned with math and aptitude. And I had natural interest towards aptitude. So doing math and aptitude and uh, engineering stuff, having people around me who influenced me more. So it was like a path, like a no-brainer that I took that path and I thought this is the path for me. Yeah, absolutely. And then, so you get into tech and you're a developer for a while. Um, What was it like for you to get into leadership? Was there like a specific moment where you said, this is something I want to do or... Did it just an opportunity present itself? Yeah. Until I was consulting, I was an individual contributor, engineering, uh, coding happily and, you know, uh, doing be- having better work-life balances and handling it all. But once I joined Amex, it was transformational for me as I see people that are leaders around me. And, you know, and once I became a full-time colleague, I wanted to think about my career growth. And how do I see myself five years from now or 10 years from now? How do I want to, what are the intentions I have for my career? And, you know, I started thinking more serious about my career growth where I saw the opportunities in Amex and, you uh, know, it's, it's been an uh, excellent journey there now, which led me to step-by-step to becoming a uh, project leader and then a senior engineering manager and then getting into the director position. Wow. That's 
That's awesome. That's exciting. So uh, when I invited you to come on, uh, you had a handful of things that you were really passionate to talk about. Um, the first of which is time management. So um, uh, you just mentioned that you're leading some teams. What are some of the things that are important to you and your team when it comes to that? Right. Uh, time management has been a big thing with me as, you know, being a first time immigrant in this country, uh, having zero to less support and uh, having a family and raising two kids and working full time as a mom. And I do, I, I'm also very active into volunteering and giving back to the community. So I always have my plates full where time management is very essential because if you lose track of one thing, it's very hard to get back to it. And I've come to a stage to realize that there is really nothing called time management in the current world. Time is becoming illusional. And also they say that time is the new currency, right? And uh, when I say time is illusional, uh, what it really comes down to is you create time if you're really passionate about doing something and if you in, you have the intentions and the planning to do something. So it, it all revolves around the, the passion, the intentions, and uh, the planning that you want to do about, and then the work gets done by itself. You don't have to say that, I know I don't have the time, or, you know, I don't have, I have to scramble through this and all that stuff. If we have these things yeah. that right, then things move forward. And and my biggest um, mantra that I follow is take it small and do it little by little. Don't overload yourself or time becomes critical when you think like, oh, I, gosh, I got to do two, put two hours in this now. Then you kind of try to procrastinate it, right? Because two hours seems like big for you. Just start with it and do for five, 10 minutes, break that rule. And then you, you see the progress you make, then you get you know more uh, inspired and you continue with the work or break it out into chunks. So you make little progress every day. And this is something I have witnessed over and over in my career, both in personal as well as professional life, that making little progress every day, a few months from now, you will be amazed at the progress that you have made. And this yeah. is one, one principle that I also follow for reading books these days because I always like to read a book but then there is no time right which is illusional so I try I tell myself that I time box it like 10 minutes before bedtime just 10 minutes and not 11 not a nine just 10 minutes and I read few few uh, pages a day and I close the book like once it is 10 minutes I know sometimes the book is so engaging that you want to continue with it and be up all night to finish the book but i tell myself it's just a 10 minutes so that discipline helps you to keep reading little by little and you know look forward to reading the next night and then you also feel like it's just 10 minutes so it doesn't matter and by by one month or by two months i'm done with the book yeah which is still otherwise you wouldn't have read it it's like i don't have time and then you don't read it and then you exactly. still get there exactly that's awesome yeah i did the I was recently on a, a pretty long road trip. I had to get my, my car inspected. So I'm in North Carolina and my car is registered in the state of Texas and I had to go get it inspected really quick. Um, but I, I drove the whole time and same thing driving back. It's like, all right, let's just go a couple miles. I can see the hill. You just take that little bit at a time and then, yeah, it, it definitely helps. I guess that's just a, a smaller version of that. Um, it also, what you were saying too, you know, it really helps, you know, build momentum because you see progress a little bit and it kind of keeps you going. Uh, well, very cool. Um, and then uh, other things on leadership that you wanted to talk about, uh, one that you said was really important to you is uh, work-life balance. Yes. Uh, I have two kids and one is uh, one just moved out and the other one is in fourth grade. So work-life balance has always been in the top of my list. 
and the way i do work life balance is not after pandemic things have changed a lot as well like you know, there is no like 9 to 5 job you have or you know you you figure out what works for you right for your work life balance if that means that you have to take the 9 to 10 off which is a prime time with your kid then take the time off but maybe extend your work day by one hour like for me the 3 to 4 in the afternoon is the time that's very prime for me with my kids as at 3 o'clock when my son walks in that's the time that i can get the maximum out of him about his school because later when i finish my work at 5 and go to him and say like hey buddy what's what happened in school today he's not going to engage with me because he's done with school he's been, it's been 2 hours by the time he returns from school and he's not going to engage with me he's not going to tell me the same information that i'll get right after we came in so i tried to make that 10 minutes if i have a call at 3 o'clock i i try to schedule it to 3:10 or 3:15 so i get the 10 minute with him make it more intentional and just look, like you know uh, welcome him into the house when he walks in and spend that 5 10 minutes with him which is like a prime time so i guess work life balance is more about the quality and how you are able to uh, put the quality in the front when you spend that time being more conscious and uh, present at what you are doing it doesn't help when you are at work and you know you're working but half your mind is thinking about wow what's going on at home and things like that yeah. and also when you're spending the time with your kids you're like oh my god i got to reply to this email i have to get back to this person that being half and half never helps so put that quality be more than be more present at what you're doing and make it a point that this next one hour i'm going to focus on this i'm not going to think about anything else and after one hour you're going to move on and you will also feel good about getting the most of that one hour with whatever you want to do so that that uh, intention helped me more with the work life balance some days there are like every day is different every day is a new day every day is different some days i put 12 hours at work i put 2 hours at uh, life and some days i put like you know 8 hours at life and maybe 4 hours at work it all depends on the needs so be flexible be adaptable be more intentional about where your presence is really needed and give that peace to that. Yeah. Absolutely. I same thing. I I grew up with uh parents that were working from home a little bit. Like it wasn't all the time, but I could tell whenever they were there, I'd come home from school and it would it would just kind of be half and half and it's like, yeah, just take a minute and just say hi. Like I don't even want to take but then as a kid, you know, you're kind of wanting to come get more attention and then you just end up bugging them more. So, I know it has to help with that as well. Um Well yeah, I I I definitely think those are awesome points. And then um so you've been how long have you been in a leadership position now? For about 40 years now. And then um what are some of your other thoughts and methodologies or things to talk about on uh leadership in particular? Yeah, I should say that uh becoming a leader growing up in the career, we feel that we want to grow in career to be more powerful, right? To get that power and feel more powerful, have the attention and everything. But what I have come to felt after becoming a leader is it actually makes you more humble and uh makes you uh respect others time more because now your time is not really your time anymore because you have all these meetings, most of your days are driven by the outlook calendar. So the respect and the humbleness actually if you are becoming a sensible leader uh, a thoughtful leader you want to grow yourself as an authentic thoughtful leader then the humbleness and the respect actually increases once you become a leader so that was a transformation for me and um, i guess it 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 bring it brought in a transformation for me both profes- professionally and personally in terms of concepts like respond versus react 
Like you now we tend to when when we know that there are people who are looking up to us, and the words we say uh, matters, and people are going to inspire, get inspired from it and listening to it. Then you become more conscious about the choices of words you use, and yeah. and how do you present yourself, and how do you want to carry yourself or showcase? How do you become a leader that you have you are creating successors? It's like kind of a ripple effect that you're creating. You're creating the next the future generation so you want to be more mindful you want to be more conscious and more intentional about the values you're bringing in about the uh the culture that you're setting in so i'm i'm a kind of i figured that i'm a kind of a leader from my heart i like to be i i love being a people leader and inspiring i do a lot of mentorships both inside amex and outside amex and I advocate uh to be a mentor um, and work with college-going girls or kids and even women in leadership, which is a big thing, women in tech, which is a big thing, right? So mm-hmm. I love um, talking to people about my experiences and journeys, and it comes natural. So I was like, I can take it to my advantage to give back to the community if this is coming natural for me, then I can share my experiences so others can relate to it and know that if I can do it, I can come this long, then others can also do it. It's not impossible to do something. So yeah. it made me more conscious and mindful. And uh, I guess it was a transformation that I went through as a person for the better once I became a leader. And now I'm trying to create those ripple effects to my directs and my teams and my organization. Yeah. It's funny. I was I actually recorded another podcast. Uh, it'll have aired probably before this one will. Um, but one of the things I was asking them is like, hey, do you have any you know, tips or anything that you would... Or, you know, advice that you would give to somebody who's in, you know, a role at a company and they're working their way up and it's about to be, you know, you have a chance to be, you know, an individual contributor or, you know, a leader. And he was saying like, you really have to check in with yourself a lot. Like, is this something I want to do? Because a lot of times the pay is going to be about the same. And if you go to this leadership path, you're going to kind of lose a lot of your coding ability because you're not going to be doing it all the time and you're not going to be keeping up which I thought was interesting. And I, I guess uh, on that note, how is your, do you, did it affect your coding? And then you kind of picked up like the people skills rather than the coding skills? It did affect my coding. I want to be honest here, but the way I um, balanced that is by participating in the yearly hackathons that my company is organizing yeah. or, or doing an open source day. We do have open source days, so contributing to open source or Whenever I get the time, get on a pair program with my uh, engineers or review some of their pull requests. Make it more intentional. If I want to be part of that, then I try to block the time for it and put that time so I don't lose touch of it. Because when my engineers come and talk to me about a problem or about a framework, like I want to also be able to relate to it. I should be able to keep myself up, upskill myself you know, to the industry trends and things that are coming up. So... In my staff meeting, I talk to them and, you know, ask them, like, you know, what is going on and, you know, get to know more from them because they are more closer to the core. When I talk to them, I try to ask about these things and, you know, upskill myself and um, be more curious and uh, participating in hackathons on open source days or whenever I get an opportunity. I That's another way for growth is to be more open to opportunities and not hesitate and try it out. It's okay. It's okay if it's not working out, but you will never know until you try it. So try it. Just do it is, is what my mantra has been. Yeah, absolutely. That's very good. And then um, did you have any other notes on leadership? I, I typically always ask, um, you know, if you are giving advice to 
another leader who's just now becoming a leader, like what would you say to them if you had like one little nugget to kind of either give them hope or encouragement? I would say that be curious, stay curious, continuous learning and just do it. Because one other thing that I've come to realize in recent times is the amount of effort that I put in thinking about doing something and actually doing it, the experience is so different. So when you become a leader, you also know that you're going to, your, your directs are going to look at you for the culture that you're setting. So yeah. challenge this skill. And also the other aspect of it is once you become a leader, it is not necessary that everything you say have to be right. So put on disclosure there, go with the full disclosure saying that I might be wrong here. I'm just asking it from the curiosity part of me, set the context set the intention and then ask your questions. Sometimes just be silly. And, you know, ask, ask a silly yeah. question and then set the context. Like I'm asking a silly question. So when a leader comes out in a call and asks a silly question, the engineers are more encouraged to ask more silly questions, which challenges the status quo, right? Yeah. So try not to be hierarchical, try to be part of the team and, and learn along with them and make the team realize that each one of us have our strengths and we have to work on each other's strengths to be the better team, to build a better team. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and then any other uh, tips on leadership or notes that you wanted to put out? Uh, I would also say that when you become a leader, think about what is your brand. You have to create a brand for yourself that when somebody hears your name, what is the top two things that comes to their mind about you? Then that's your brand and that's your strength. Then be authentic to it. Be truthful to it. When I say be truthful to it and when I say create your brand, if you identify this as your brand, then you need to be there for those opportunities. Like I, I talk about mentorship a lot. I talk about uh, mentoring young minds a lot. So I take up a lot of the interns that I get in my work. Like, no, it, it doesn't work if I just keep talking about mentorship and I don't sign up to take an intern. So show that in action. Reflect your brand in your action. Reflect your values. Walk the talk, basically. So you need to reflect it in an action because actions are the ones that are going to take you forward for your next step. And also always work closely with your leadership up in the hierarchy. Uh, pay more closer attention to their leadership styles and, you know, what, what do they have in their list to get done? And take a little bit of that as your goal to focus on. So always be more curious to know from your leader's perspective the things that they are getting involved in. And that's one other way of upskilling yourself to move up, to level up. Yeah. Uh, you know, I kind of came up in the military. I, I was a staff sergeant for a while. So that's kind of been my exposure. I've been to a couple of military schools and um, professional development schools in the military, uh, specifically around leadership. And they always said to like on that note, like, in order to be a good leader, you first have to be a good follower. So you have to practice good followership. And that that nails that on the head. You know, you have to understand, hey, this is what they're expecting from me. So whenever you're looking at the people below you, you also have to trust them too. It's like, he knows that I'm here. I mean, it's a little bit different in the military, you know, that I'm, but I think there's definitely some strong parallels between what you're doing. Um, awesome. Well, thank you so much for that. I know we've been uh, talking about having this podcast for a while, so I'm happy to finally get you on. Um, did you have anything for us in closing? I mean, there's a lot more things that I could share, but I know in the interest of time, a uh, few other things that I might want to say as quick tips yeah. to the listeners is like, uh, 
think of your career as a marathon. I know you might have heard this in many other places and also see if that is truly making you happy or align yourself with something that you want to do that makes you happy because work is something that we do eight hours of uh, in a day, like, you know, more than 50% of our day we spend in work. So um, see if you are enjoying it or see what is that you want to do to enjoy it. I've started enjoying my work more once I become a people leader. But there is a journey to it, to get to that stage. So figure out your journey and celebrate your little milestones. Have a milestone for yourself. Incentivize yourself and be happy. And and when you showcase that, I guess in, in a very truthful way, I always talk about the triple effect, right? Because you're at that stage now to create the next generation and you want to create them with the right values and right intentions. So it gets cascaded more and more, right? So... Uh, I truly believe in that. So all I would say is, you know, uh, always keep looking up uh, up and look at the ways around you and opportunities around you to see how you could make yourself un- it's okay to feel uncomfortable. It's another thing that I've talked to my uh, primary care once uh, when I walked into her for a health checkup and she asked me, how are you doing? Just that one word. I, I went nonstop for 10 minutes. Oh my God, I'm doing this, 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 this. And then she stopped, she waited until I finished. And then she asked me, do you identify all of this as good stress? And I said, I guess. Then she's like, it's okay. It's okay to have good stress. Don't say stress, identify it. Identify your feelings as good stress or bad stress and take off the bad stress and focus on the stress. It's okay to have stress if it's going to help you to progress. It's okay to feel uncomfortable if it's going to help you to learn. So identify what you're going through and see what the outcome is going to be. And if it's going to help you progress, then just go with it and learn with it and move on. Just move on. Life is short and we all have to we all have so many things to learn. And not everybody knows everything. So we just have to have that learning hat on and just keep moving. Yeah, absolutely. And and you mentioned earlier, too, about um, mentoring uh, other people in your spare time. Are you able to share like where you're doing that or like what kind of programs you're involved in? There are some local organizations where I uh, do mentorship and also uh, I'm part of a volunteering organization where in the local communities, we provide uh, opportunities to high school children to volunteer yeah. in a local community garden or be part of the community events and do all of that, which I'm part of. Wow. That's awesome. Um, well, again, thank you so much for coming on. Um, I, I would love to have you back. It sounds like, you know, there's plenty of other things you'd love to talk about. So definitely put that down for something we can chat about later. Um, yeah. Thank you so much. Happy to share. And thank you so much for having me here. And every time I speak, I guess I also get to learn a little bit from it and it validates myself more. So thank you so much for this opportunity. Yeah, absolutely. Well, once again, this has been the Evolution Exchange USA podcast. I want to take one more moment again to thank Anitha for taking the time to come in and share some insights and thoughts today. Really hope everyone can join us again next time on the Evolution Exchange podcast. Another thing too, if you're out there hiring for data engineers or looking for new opportunities, feel free to get in touch with us over here at Evolution. Or if you or anyone you know would like to be featured on a future podcast, I'd love to sit down and chat with you. Feel free to drop me a message. Uh, You can reach me uh, via email at austin.roden at evolutionjobs.us or check me out on LinkedIn. My name is Austin Roden. You can also check out Evolution over at www.evolutionjobs.us. 
and that'll get you on the USA website to see some of the content and a little bit more about the company. So thanks again to our guest and thank you all for listening.